1: Like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This
2: is the More NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts, coming at you on a Sunday night. Britt Robson of The Athletic is my guest on tonight's show. We are going to take a look at the second round of the NBA playoffs with the Clippers knocking off the Mavs Sunday afternoon. We're down to the final eight teams and Britt and I will spend about 20 minutes on each of those four series, Bucks-Nets, Nuggets-Suns, Clippers-Jazz, and Sixers-Hawks. But before I bring Britt in here, I want to tell you that we are going to be doing a live event on the night of the NBA lottery at Forgotten Star Brewery. The lottery is on Tuesday, June 22nd. So it's coming up and Forgotten Star is going to set up um, a whole projection screen and all of their TVs on the lottery that night. So it's going to be a Wolves night at, uh, at Forgotten Star. Uh, it's just an opportunity to get together and then an opportunity to listen to Britt and I do a show live after after the results come in. You know, I figured if the Wolves are gonna lose their pick to the Warriors, that it would be uh, it might be fun to do it together. And if they get the pick, you know, uh, it'll be a pretty fun night as well. So come hang out. It's a really cool brewery. It's big. I went there on Thursday and met with the Forgotten Star staff. So again, Tuesday, June twenty second. The lottery itself is at seven thirty. That's when the ping pong balls will start going off. But but come through it at six, and we'll be all set up to chat over some beers. Uh, Forgotten Star is technically located in Fridley, but it's that sounds worse than it is. It's only a, a 10 minute drive from downtown Minneapolis. Again, I made it that drive on Thursday, so it's within range. Um, they'll have a full array of their beers, but they have one beer called the Buzzer Beater Honey IPA, where the proceeds from the beer go to support the Fridley basketball team. I tried it on Thursday. It's delicious. Um, they're also going to give a one of you, a free team entry to their bocce ball tournament on the weekend of June 25th. They have a huge bocce ball set up, so an added little perk in there. Just if you're looking to give a, a summer brewery a shot, check out Forgotten Star before the live show on the 22nd. It's uh, it's a dope brewery, but definitely come through on June 22nd for our draft lottery live event. Come meet Britt and I, have a beer, bring a good luck charm, whatever. We'll watch the we'll watch the wolves get the number one pick. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a blast. Again, that's Forgotten Star Brewery. They're open at noon, seven days a week. Check them out. Speaking of Britt, let's get to the pot. All right, Britt Robson of The Athletic. We are recording on Sunday night. Like I said, Britt, we just finished a day of games. We are in the second round. I'll leave it up to you to just start. Which one of these series is most piquing your interest? Which one do you want to dig into first?
1: Well, I think the one that... Maybe the most consequential is Nets and Bucks. I mean, the more you look, the more you look at it, the more you think that the winner of that series probably is the favorite to win it all right now.
2: Right, and what we saw in that game was something that signals that it's not going to be as close as we might have anticipated. I mean, it's it's been being billed as the championship, and with you only think two the Nets the are going to run away with it. That's where I'm leaning, yeah.
1: See, I'm not altogether positive that's true. I think the Nets will win it. Um, but I also think that Giannis's shot selection can be improved. And that'll sure. that'll make a huge difference. Um they're going to make more threes than they made last time. Um mm-hmm. and I do think I mean, this is a, a, a weird hot take. It's not necessarily, I won't say that they're, the Nets are better with Harden out, but they're not minus nearly as much as people might imagine. Um, the only place I really see it hurting them is when he would normally come in with a second unit and they can always leave one of the other two guys out there. But it does get rid of the problem that I've always talked about as one of my reasons for not favoring the Nets, which is three alphas on the floor at crunch time. I think it's much easier to deal with two alphas on the floor at crunch time.
2: So I think I'm kind of with you, but only specifically to this series. I think when you think about what Milwaukee can do best defensively, it's take away the rim. And Mm -hmm. if we're talking about the big three guys in Brooklyn – the one of those three players most likely to try and profit at the rim is James Harden. And so what I think we saw in game one was it just be KD and Kyrie. And as we know, what Milwaukee is willing to sacrifice is that mid-range area where James never uses that. You right. know, he, he he wouldn't be stopping and pulling from 16 the way that KD and Kyrie are. And, and so I just think that... The way Milwaukee defends is not going to hinder is not going to hinder their, those two guys out there where it might have hindered Harden a little bit. You could see him getting frustrated, ramming into Brook Lopez at the rim a bunch, not getting calls, that sort of deal. But I think I think it's I'd be concerned if I'm a Bucs fan because cause what happened in that game was you played well enough to keep Brooke Lopez on the floor, you know? It, right, they didn't. You didn't. You didn't get screwed by needing to take him off, yet it still wasn't all that close. Right, it, it wasn't like they totally spaced Brooke out and killed him. Right, and I think he's so important to what they do. Yet at the same time, it wasn't that close, and it kind of goes back to what I, what I've always, what I've always talked about with this Brooklyn team. They're just way better than everyone else. They have See, so much more talent.
1: And I would disagree to the extent that um, I think the difference between. Shooting, let's say four points below their average for the season. Let's say they make thirty-five percent of their threes instead of twenty percent of their threes. You know, that's twelve points.
2: How do you feel about that? Is this like a general rule? Because you know we're watching Clippers, Mavs today, and it's the same thing, right? Like the the Clippers make ten more threes or whatever they did, and and I know we can we can do. I don't that think thing it's a general go, rule.
1: I think in this particular case. Okay. And Miami had its perimeter game off and its inside game was shown to be as, uh, first of all, I think Blake Griffin played out of his mind and was like the closet MVP of the game in many respects. I thought he played really well. Um,
2: and, out of his mind in the sense that he can't duplicate it or out of his mind in, he, I don't know, he just played really hard. Out
1: of his mind in that he's a mid-30s guy that has obviously passed his prime who has figured out how to be incredibly valuable in a way that Brooklyn really needs. And that is, and that is continue uh, to happen. Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's really hard way to play for a long time. I mean, what I was really impressed with with both Griffin and Durant was that they didn't let the refs get in their head once. And Durant in particular, Durant got whistled for a lot of fouls, that were committed on him where he just shrugged it off. He was always running back up the court. He could have had two or three and ones that he didn't get. Um, And you know, that, that, that often happens in the playoffs. People get ultra intense. Um, He was about his business. Griffin. I mean, Bobby Portis pretty much committed, committed assault and battery on that jump ball. I mean, (laughs) he gave him a couple of forearm shivers and then put his, you know, forearm into Griffin's neck, uh, which are the things I used to see Blake Griffin do to other people. So I, you know, I didn't have a tremendous amount of sympathy for it, but in this particular case, I just thought Portis and Griffin, my prediction is at minimum double text for both of them a couple of times before the series is over and perhaps some mild fisticuffs or just some face-to-face jawing, because those are two hotheads that like to play contact.
2: So I I've said this since the Blake thing went down, that the trade went down at the time, or do we even call that a trade? The buyout and the, the signing is like Blake Griffin is two years removed from an all NBA level player. And and still a shadow of himself. And, and still a shadow of himself, but I I, I I think from from the beginning, everybody was pointing what he was doing in Detroit, which was terrible. The effort wasn't there, but what I always push back on the idea of Blake in Brooklyn was is that the effort could respond. Right, you he know, bars T out it. Sure. And and I just think, again, two years removed from being at, at that time what he would have been, maybe 29. I think he's 31, 32 now. Um, he was an extremely impactful player and skilled player, not just an athlete. Like I, right. I think part of the Blake Griffin problem, and I know this isn't you because you've been watching him, but a lot of people's image of Blake Griffin in their head is him jumping over a car or getting a lob from Chris Paul right. ten years ago. Right. That Blake Griffin added a ton of skill to his game. Right. And and to that end, like I I don't have his stats right up here from the Heat. Maybe he made like two or three threes in that passing and
1: outside shooting were the two things he really added for the Clippers. And I think his defense. No, for the, the
2: for the Pistons, Heat, what he added when oh, he got the to Detroit. Oh, for the Pistons, right. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No,
1: but and, I, I actually think that. He added it while he was with the Clippers. He he kept adding to his game, you know? And so for Detroit, I think a lot of his stats in Detroit were just what he'd been doing all along. It's just that he was the only guy on that team sometimes. I mean, I'm not sure he took a step forward. I think he matured
2: well. Oh, man, dude. No. The the (laughs) 2018-19 Blake Griffin was like pick and roll, coming off of screens, shooting threes. That 2018, 19, his last good year in Brooklyn, like that. It, it was like a point forward. I I, I, I my my point is that whatever. We don't need to relegate really Detroit. My point is is I wasn't shocked to see him knock down a couple threes. Oh no, I wasn't shocked. I wasn't. Either. I wasn't shocked. I think he to see was him... shooting
1: those threes at at the end of his Clipper days. I wouldn't want to give him. Yeah. And what I'm saying, I think I think we kind of agree on the fact that. Um, he was a better all around player in Detroit than he was like his third year in LA where all he had yeah. to do was be part of a triangle with Paul and, and D'Angelo Jordan, uh, DeAndre Jordan. But um, there you, go. you got it. See, I'm getting <laughs> better. Must be the new Mike. Um, but uh, I do think that he has had that long range shot for a while, what has impressed me more than anything is that he is the defense, interior defense, when he's on totally. the floor now. I it's mean, nuts. you know, and yeah, he and, was never that at Eddie stop. <laughs> exactly. And KD plays good defense, but KD doesn't like to get in the paint for defense. He likes to be a, a swooper mm-hmm. and a perimeter guy. Um And so,
2: which is what's really weird about this series is now he's guarding Brooke Lopez, you know, who, if, who if, also
1: weirdly likes to be a swooper, except that he realizes <laughs> now that, you know. Can't swoop. <laughs> right. But I mean, yeah.
2: look at that Miami,
1: I mean Miami, look at that Milwaukee roster, though. It's full of bruising guys. I mean, there's like five guys, Portis, Giannis, Brooke Lopez. Uh, there's at least one or two other guys that are, you know, are are guys who go after
2: you. Yeah, I mean Drew Hall, down to the guards too. Hall, right. they obviously plays exactly. really physical. Connaughton, I would say that too. Like Yeah, they're they're a physical team. And down to Jeff Teague. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Teague tries to be. He got a he got an honorary tech, you know. I know. Yeah, yeah. I love that side eye Jeff Teague like face where he's talking shit to somebody, but right. like only from the side of his
1: face. You can totally understand why Jeff Teague (laughs) and Dennis Schroeder hated each other while they were on the same team. Can't you both assholes in their own way when they're on the court, you
2: know? Uh, All right. Jeff's my guy. I love Jeff, but But, um, so
1: anyway, Blake Griffin, if he plays that way, every game, then it probably will be over in five or six. If he doesn't Milwaukee's got a shot at extending this thing and making it interesting. Um, because why? Because Giannis right. is incredible. We always forget that. Yeah. Well, but I'm not arguing with you. I'm just I'm saying. Right. I mean, so Giannis can go for 40 and 18 and also get a ton of people in foul trouble if he doesn't shoot those above-the-break threes or hit mid-ranges. I mean, those are such blessings. I mean... Totally. The stupidest play-by-play analyst can say... Giannis is, they're baiting Giannis into shots. You know, I mean, it's so obvious. Anybody can see it, which makes me wonder why, you know, are, you know, even allows it.
2: I mean, there's, to some extent, it's going to happen. Like, he's going to be up there with the ball at the top of the key with, like, eight seconds on the shot clock. And if they wall up, he's got to take, like, it's not that he needs to take zero of them. He needs to not be okay with taking them in situations that, do not demand him taking those shots. Like if he's going to be a high usage guy, late shot clock, he's got to take shots. So, so I get that and he'll make some of them. Like he's not going to, he's not going to shoot that poorly on jump shots every single game. I think what was more from the Brooklyn side of it, or what would be concerning if I'm a Bucks fan is the Nets did a way better job of walling up than I thought they would be able to. I thought Bruce mm-hmm. Brown acquitted himself all six with three of them. I thought Claxton was active. Right.
1: And on Bruce Brown is another benefit of the Harden injury.
2: I mean is you yeah, know he started I mean, the second half, yeah. Yeah.
1: And and got the minutes when Harden went out, he went in. Um mm. and I th- I think I agree with you that Claxton Claxton's been a grinder from the beginning. I think it was smart that uh Jordan didn't play. Um yeah. but, Well, I mean at the same time I I think I think coaches coach um, to try things out because it would have been more problematical for the Nets if Jordan had played well because that mm. means you would have had to stick with him a little bit and I think that because he's Durant's friend that's why he's on the team in many respects um, you don't want Jordan come in and playing well because then your hands are tied. When you want to do what you want to do as a coach, so I think that's part of it. Um, but I do think you can't sell Milwaukee short because they're deep.
2: I mean, yeah.
1: Even Chengel's injury, I think, hurts them uh, because everybody's
2: you know. got an injury, though. I know everybody's right. got an injury. Of that, you're right. Of that. You're right. Jeff you're Green right. too. If, if Jeff right. Green gets back in this series, right, that's an, another added benefit for Brooklyn. I'm, I mean. I, I, again, I go back to what I said at the beginning, where it was like my major concern for Milwaukee was that it would become apparent, like in the first half, that Brook Lopez can't play in this series. Right. I, I, I was, cause, and if that happened, then I'm like, they're screwed, because he is, he is the identity of their defense. They yes, right. Giannis, They have Giannis, but the identity of their defense is that way, and and if they had to play him off the floor. And we would all be like, "Oh, cute! They like, switching P.J. Tucker, you know, everyone's switching." And and it's not like that's a bad strategy against right. the Nets. It's just, but yeah, you can't
1: Buc- have P.J. Tucker switching; he's not fast enough. But if you tell P.J. Tucker to go guard Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. then you've got something going there.
2: And and I think that's just important to him. I mean, everybody talked all season about, "Oh, the Bucks need to do, switch more. They need to," they, and they tried it. And they're, they're situationally, they they do need to do those things. They need to. Bud needs to not be dogmatic, like right. to the nth degree. But what the Bucks do best defensively is what the Bucks do best defensively, right. Which is filter everything into Brook at the rim and shut shit down there, you know. Right. And and so if Brooke is was able to stay in the game, I think that's encouraging. I th- I don't think he's going to get played off in this series. So I think there's going to be some games where if Katie and Kyrie aren't h- hitting their pull ups, you know, they're just not making shots, like. I wouldn't be that surprised if the Bucks win one of these games by like 25-30, where they just roll they're hitting their threes. Like it's funny, I I say that, but at the same time, I don't think like this series, I you know, I think it'd probably be like nets and six or something like that. I, I I'm I'm partially encouraged by the Bucks not totally breaking in the first game, but to some extent it's just kind of as simple as like they didn't even need Harden. And they don't. I don't think they do. They, again, they got enough.
1: the two points I want to make is that Harden is not that important to this particular roster. That's fair. And secondly... Um, in this series. Yeah, in this series. And secondly, I will be a lot more on your side in terms of almost uh, uh, an arrogant assumption that the Nets will win this thing if the Bucks hit their threes and still get wiped by double digits. If that happens... Point. Then I'll say, all right, you're right. But once you got to understand, are if, you playing devil's advocate right no, now? Or no? Are I, you, I'm actually, are more, you, so you think the bucks are going to win the series? I, no, I don't. I would, but I was okay. more impressed with the bucks than I thought I was going to be. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that, um, I mean, it was easy to see that the bucks, the bucks were going to kill the heat that got pretty obvious pretty quickly. Um, and Holiday is just the wrong guy for the Heat to face, you know. Um, and I also think that Holiday, Holiday, kind of Holiday's ideal matchup in this series would have been James Harden. So hmm. it's kind of weird that now, I don't know where he really specializes, but I do know that he needs to hit some three-pointers. He, he killed them. Uh, yeah. and, and not that he was the only one, but Tucker, I thought, played a great game. Uh, he can handle Durant to the extent that Durant can be handled. Um, you know, he can hold Durant to 28 points uh, right. on on fairly typical Durant usage. That's a victory against the Nets, you
2: know. Well, it's kind of interesting, right? Like, those are your two wing defenders that you're going to employ on Irving and on KD. And I think Holiday could do probably just as good of a job on KD as Tucker could or did in See, that game. See, I'm not
1: sure about that just because of strength. KD is deceptively strong, I think.
2: Sure. I think where I'm going with it is the inverse of that. You couldn't put Tucker on Kyrie because he can't move no his way. feet like that. No way, right. So, so I think if you're Bud, you're kind of forced into, we got to put Tucker on KD, we got to put Drew on Kyrie. And with Kyrie, which is going to come down to, and what Kyrie was good about, I thought in the first game was actually accepting the screen and trying to punish again. What's the weak point of the of the Bucks defense? Get in that mid range, shoot from there, create right. from there. And what can Holiday do? I mean, he's going to try and he's going to try and fight over the top of that screen and chase it and get that rearview contest and and do that. But it's not a one on one assignment in the same way that guarding Kevin Durant is. I don't think. Mm-hmm. And I
1: also, I I do think uh, Kyrie Irving, it's so easy to forget how good he is. You know, he is the third wheel among the three, theoretically. Um, He's the most ambidextrous finisher in the league right now. I mean, there are times when you think somebody's got him hemmed in on the angle and he switches hands and he knows he's going to switch hands the entire time. Um, nobody switches hands in the air, I think, as well as he does. And I also think he those acrobatic, either beneath the rim or almost falling out of bounds as he banks in a shot, are just automatic for him. And right. um, I think those what what those can do against a rim protecting team like the Bucks is sap your spirit. I think Mm -hmm. if when you play defense really well and somebody scores anyway, um, and Kyrie's been doing that to a lot of people, it's just in this particular case, the Bucks need to play good defense and feel like they're playing good defense to be in this series, I think.
2: Yeah, they get a rhythm out of their defense. Yeah, That's where they like, because that gets them out on transition. No, Exactly,
1: and Brook Lopez in particular. I mean, in fact, what was crazy about this last game was his offense kind of fed his defense. I mean, he got off on offense right away. Right. A couple of those reverse slams were fun actually. Uh, uh, but, you know, and it's also kind of good to see Brooke Lopez not on the perimeter. Um, you know, that,
2: that was last round too. I know. I know. And
1: almost a lot more this season. I mean, I think that's one of their, their changes to some extent.
2: I, this is kind of a weird comparison, but, I, again, I, I go back to Kyrie needs to be disciplined in this. He needs to be good and he needs to be disciplined. And Devin Booker in that Suns series against the Lakers, like he's their Kyrie, right? Like he's their, you know, go go create a bucket for, for them when they need it. And, and I, I like Booker's discipline in that series where there was times and places where he had to go and there was times and places where he had to get Crowder involved. He had to get Bridges involved. He had to feed Aiden. And, he, and I, I really thought Booker towed that line well. And it was is weird. On some of his like, he kind of got like a bad rap in whatever it was, like games three and four or something. That Booker didn't have that many points. And I was like, yeah, but he's—he was engaging. You know, when, he was engaging we, the if other we, guys.
1: If we want to flip over into that conversation, no, we no, can. I, don't, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't.
2: I, we'll go to we'll go to I, next I
1: I will gush about Booker's playoffs thus far. Let's get we'll, – we'll get there. We'll
0: get all there. Right.
2: But but what I'm talking about is there's like I, – I've liked Booker's discipline there. I think Kyrie needs to have that. And I think the other side of the coin is what he could – what Kyrie could do when things could go sideways is if he tries to be Donovan Mitchell. Mm. And Donovan Mitchell is not that disciplined. Right. He's, he wants to go cook on his own. And he's like, all right, I want to get – I want Rudy to set me the screen – and then I wanna like cross, cross. Now I want to isolate. Right. What the what the Jazz need Donovan Mitchell to do is just be do what the same thing Conley does. Run the pick and roll. Just run the pick and roll, get into the middle, shoot it, go to the rim, find your shooters. Like that's it. That discipline. Like this is See, the playoffs. But I,
1: First of all, I don't think that either Kyrie nor Donovan Mitchell have an ounce of that kind of discipline. Well,
2: and and that's I mean, that that's been my I've been big on the the nets all year, but my concern with the Nets from day one has been in Kyrie taking a spot in the pecking order above what he deserves, in my opinion, which is the third slot. And, and to his see, credit, that, again, that's what's better about. I, I like him in the second slot next to yeah. KD. So yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it's maybe it's the blessing in disguise. But I just think if this does crumble for the Nets, which I'm not assuming, but I could see it, it's mm-hmm. because we start seeing. Kyrie over assert himself in in the offense even if he if Harden comes back or even in this it's like Katie's still the best option and and if we get into one of these games and it it is close and it is the fourth quarter and it's a it's a game of those last five eight possessions like five of those five of those eight possessions better go to KD. you See, know what I mean and
1: and I think that Um, I will say the same thing you were talking about in terms of scenario, although I would call it losing my cool. I think they lose their cool. Um, And I think part of that is I don't necessarily, I don't want to make it five out of eight. I want to make sure that if KD is doubled and Kyrie is open, that he gets the ball to a guy who is just a a bucket as well as KD is. I mean, that's the thing about all three of those guys, which I keep coming back to is, when you have three immaculate bucket getters, two guys not getting the bucket on a play are going to be keeping score in the back of their mind, you know? <laughs> and so, and they in all theory, have reason in to, theory, and they in all theory. have reason to Yeah. in theory. I mean, they're all great for a reason. And one of but the reasons they're great it, is because they. it hasn't been a
2: problem yet. It hasn't been a problem yet. Right. Because
1: they don't have that kind of pressure on them. And that's sure. why I'm interested to see what happens because it'll happen eventually. They'll get into a series, or at least a couple of games. Um, I mean, Kawhi and Paul George had to work it out. Uh, You know, all these guys have to work it out to some extent. Jokic and Murray had to work it out kind of last year. I thought it was really cool the way Jokic said, oh, Murray's going for 50 a night. Fine with me, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, but that doesn't happen all the time. And so, I will agree with you, particularly given Embiid's injury and what we saw out of Philly today. Um, I always saw Philly as the biggest stumbling block after, I mean, I called the Lakers for the ring. So obviously um, (laughs) that's not happening. But after the Lakers went down, I began to think if Brooklyn is going to be denied, it would probably be Philly. Now I'm thinking maybe the winner of this series, unless, you know, Philly can put it together and there are some fascinating teams over in the West, but um, if you talk about a combination of playoff experience, high end, super talent, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, I think Brooklyn, Milwaukee, um, Philly, the Clippers, and I would actually say Phoenix is in there, but um,
2: anyway, well, Let's, uh, let's take a quick break and roll over to the, to the West for the Suns Nuggets series. Okay. Back in a second. I want to again tell you about Subtext Bookstore located in downtown St. Paul by Rice Park in the St. Paul Hotel. I told you all on the last show how I went down to Subtext to pick up my copy of Jake Fisher's book on tanking in the NBA called Built to Lose. If you're interested in buying Jake's book or any other book for some summer reading this summer, I urge you to check out Subtext. I mean, if you're buying a book, you might as well do it locally. It's just as easy to purchase a book at subtextbooks.com as it is to buy a book anywhere else online. Subtext has a super clean and mobile-friendly website for browsing and buying books, subtextbooks.com. Buy your book there. Get it delivered to your home or go pick it up at Subtext Bookstore in St. Paul. Again, the website is subtextbooks.com. And when you shop at subtextbooks.com, you get free shipping on any order over thirty dollars by using code Dane at checkout. That's subtextbooks.com and code Dane at checkout to get free shipping on your order of at least thirty dollars. Again, shout out Matt from Subtext, who's a fan of the show, it was a no-brainer for me to partner with this locally owned bookstore. So head over to Subtext Bookstore and don't forget to use code Dane for free shipping on that thirty-dollar order. So, Brett, as we Think, or as I think about this Suns-Nuggets matchup, I can't really wrap my head around like those two teams playing against each other. And What I normally do is I'm like, all right, how do, if it works for this team, this is how it works. And if it's going to work for the other team, this is how it's going to work. And I can't get there with the Nuggets. I don't know what the this is going to work for the Nuggets. And I don't know if I'm just missing something. And maybe the answer is just Jokic going off. Maybe that's what you'll tell me. But normally, when I'm at that point, to me that typically signals a series that isn't going to be all that close, uh-huh. and that I think where I would be leaning is that this Suns team is superior to this Nuggets team, and you know might kind of roll their way through this with a superior amount of talent, particularly in the backcourt.
1: Yes. I think that that, um, that would be my leaning, too. I think, can we be assured that Aiden won't get in foul trouble? I mean, it happened the, almost the entire Lakers series. That Man, should... you remember
2: when he played Cat both times? All
1: I'm saying is that, yeah. in general, when he is in foul trouble, that's a drop-off, boy. You know, you're going to... Uh,
3: Dario uh, sorry
1: S- or frank the tank or uh there's one other guy in there um anyway there's a Why third I guy <laughs> yeah well, I don't Dario did not even... have the roster well it wasn't it was they they brought in another guy um
2: Why anyway
1: I... you have the roster up there
2: yeah booker Ayton bridges crowder paul campaign cam johnson i mean cam johnson was at the four they played some tory <laughs> craig at the four yeah I mean, kaminsky was kind of took over the backup center minutes once Dario got...
1: You know, actually, they did go small and played Crowder, I think, a small ball five. I don't think that can happen with Jokic.
2: Yeah. I, I think it's Dario. I think Dario's important in this series. Yeah, I, I'll tell you.
1: That, um, Kaminsky can't guard him. Dario can't. Obviously. Dario can't guard you. At least
2: Dario... Wa- I mean, Dario is substantially stronger than Kaminsky yes,
1: yes. But... You talk about putting somebody in the popcorn machine. Oh, Jokic, yeah. I, Jokic is going. I'm not betting on sorry, Jokic will make him it. jump up on a stool and beg for cookies. You know, I mean, uh, he there's no way, no way that Saric can deal with Jokic. Um, but when you got it. But it, it's like it's so. Then what happens is I think they go scramble, which is kind of what they did. They do that well. They did that well against the Lakers. Uh, when you looked at that series. I mean, obviously the AD injury was a pivotal thing, but they also played the Lakers tough with both of those guys on the floor and they, mm-hmm. they stepped up a level from the regular season to the playoffs and Booker was a big reason for it. And I also think that Aiden played out of his mind.
2: I mean, Aiden was incredible.
1: If he could do that again, then I think this is over in five or six. If he can't, then I think it might be over in six or seven.
2: I we we've talked about the Suns a lot this year, just in our I random love the like, Suns. <clears throat> and, yeah, I know. In our random NBA musings. And what I've said the whole time is every game when I'm watching the Suns play during the regular season, I always like I stop and I like rewind the little like Chris Paul teaching moments with DeAndre. I, yeah. And <clears throat> I remember at the beginning of the year, some of it I was just like, Oh, CP's gonna snap on this dude and he's gonna be like, we gotta make a trade at the deadline. Like we we need a five. And but he worked on him, man. He worked on Ayton all year. Like, do X, Y, and Z. You know, you don't gotta be a superstar. You gotta be our third guy. And and to be our third guy, be aggressive on the offensive rebounds, you know, <laughs> catch the ball right. and dunk it. Which right. the catch of the ball part is tricky for him sometimes. But but look Man, at his shooting percentage
1: against the Lakers. That insane. was like eighty-five percent or
2: something. I remember just like one point where the graphic came up. Maybe it's just like game two, and he he literally made twenty-six of his tw- first twenty-nine shots. Like what the hell? And they're not they're that's not the guy like, who knows his role. I, and, and you know that's what I'm saying to his credit and to CP's credit was like this. We need you to be this. And there's probably a time in DeAndre Ayton's like career, like I think if he has aspirations of kind of climbing the center ladder or whatever, maybe he becomes like a mid post kind of guy like Embiid, where he squares you at 15 and takes that shot, like that bank shot or tries to, you know, roll you up in the post. Or something I hate like that. that shot by the way,
1: especially for Embiid. but we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. And well, Embiid
2: made it this year. Yeah. Jokic makes it. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. It's like up right. to if Aiton has aspirations of being an all NBA center someday, right? Like right. that's probably how we expand this game. Cause it's not going to be three point shooting, whatever, Wh- whatever. Don't, even think about that in this series right don't even think about that it when when you're surrounded by Chris Paul and Devin Booker who are already cooking from you know they're gonna get in that mid-range area right there and you're surrounded by shooters literally do the exact same thing you did in the Lakers series you know push you know push Jokic off of the glass like that one game Drummond got off was right. that was that game three but Drummond only like,
1: not for uh, for two or three spurts, but not consistently.
2: But it was all offensive rebounds.
1: Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, I know.
2: Well, and so, that's because so, Dr- Drummond is probably one of the top five in the game at that. And that's all so he can Jok- do, really. Well, yeah, but Jokic also has that skill set. Uh but Jokic—he's crafty. He's, he's crafty. crafty offensive but I—but I don't think that he's like Caleb. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah.
1: No, I know. Uh, what I would say about that is that. Um, if they concentrate on Jokic in the low block, um, I think that that will be strictly to get Aiden in foul trouble, which is how they're going to win. So now that I'm thinking it through, I think you're right. I think that's what they'll have to do. Because I don't think you want Jokic high pick and roll. I think you want Jokic uh, elbow pick and roll on in,
2: you know. Right. Did the Suns play the Wolves three times this year? Do you remember three oh, no. games? I for sure remember two. Yeah. And and I remember I remember it was it was the start of one of Cat's really bad chunks of like eight games of the season. uh uh-huh. And it was because they just fronted the hell out of him in the post. Right. They just had they just had eight well, the and go over the Plus they have
1: them. guys. I mean, Bridges is like a nice little piece of gristle. And and right. uh and Crowder is like a larger piece of gristle. I mean, but they are, they, I mean, they're so much fun. Just because, (laughs) you know, we. the thing about, you talk about Paul basically drawing a picture for Aiden every game. (laughs) All Booker had to see is how Chris Paul plays. And then he started to play the same way, only he knows he's a better shooter than Chris Paul will ever be from beyond 16 feet. So he throws that in, too. Well, in this particular case, Paul would thread the needle to a cutter. But this time, I think I'm just going to hit a three, you know. (laughs) Uh, But I think his decision-making has improved in leaps and bounds because of Paul's example. And I think Paul's injury in the first round enabled him to prove that he can be Chris Uh, Paul-like. I mean, he really was – he was empowered. He was – I mean, the dude is taken a big step this year. Um, and it's a step that is not like the Donovan Mitchell Murray step from last totally year. It's not 50 great. points. It's 38-9, uh, and nine, you know, and good well, defense, and- by the way. I
2: was going to say, yeah, he's been locked, the- I mean, the whole year on defense. And he's never going to be like your – but remember how we used to say
1: who's the better def- who's the worst yeah. defender of the three? Um, Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Townsend, D'Angelo Russell. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, they're all about the same basket. And you can't say that now.
2: No, I mean, Booker, what he's really embraced on the defensive end is, you know, weak side awareness. Knowing when to come over, you know, 'cause cause they do they tuck him away. Uh, I mean, they'll probably they'll probably put him on Compazo or whatever, like Monte Morris or something. Uh, over there, where where his job is going to be square those guys up when he can, but also be weak side aware where when when Jokic starts coming to the basket, dig in or whoever is attacking. And I think you know that that's really for me when I'm watching a young player like who was a bad defender and hasn't. I mean, we talked about this a little bit with Ant, right. like this where where I was like, all right, he's starting to see the game. You see him, you see him rotate over for for some weak side help on the baseline. Right. You're like. Yeah, he didn't know how to do that a month right. ago, and and Booker is doing that stuff consistently. He knows that's his defensive, his defensive job. Booker <clears throat> feels like he's entering his prime.
1: You know how you wait for yeah. players to to get into their prime. Um, yeah, you know, and I'll be dead honest with you, we are still waiting for Cat to enter his prime. You know Fair. that place where you go, oh, you know. You have to consider this guy now, you know, uh,
2: one of the you, you have to consider him for all NBA, you know, and um, or just to consider him to be somebody who can take over and win a series. Yeah. Which like that. That's kind of like the, the guys the... who should be all
1: NBA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Right.
2: But I mean, I would say that's even a step up from all NBA.
1: Yeah, you're probably. Yeah, you're right. Um, but anyway. You have that there and. And so I think Booker and Paul and Aiden are going to be the reason they win the series. But I also think Bridges on, I think Bridges, Michael Porter Jr. Who do you think is on Michael Porter Jr.?
2: I think it'll be Bridges, don't you? Yeah, yeah, for sure, right? I, I think mean, that's going to be a well,
1: fascinating matchup. But it, I mean, it, if but they, they put big Crowder small, on Braun,
2: right? huh? They put Crowder on Braun. I guess they, they put kind of Crowder on that.
1: Braun some, and they put, I think Crowder will do a lot of doubling on Jokic.
2: Hmm. I mean, and like we said at the beginning and and this is just true in NBA basketball now with the proliferation of screens is it's it's not one guy you know, it's all fluid right <laughs> it, it's and and it's about that scrambling. you know they're gonna Crowder scramble around is base.
1: the Crowder is the tough guy. Bridges For is sure. a is the thinner tough guy, but mm-hmm. Bridges is the kind of guy if if Porter's out there dribbling on the perimeter, the guy I want guarding him is not Crowder. I want Bridges to be guarding him. Sure. I think he can I think he can guard him. Um, I think another wild card for Denver in addition to Aiden getting in foul trouble is everybody beginning to talk about Porter. I don't like Porter. So I I don't necessarily I, know. I don't think this is going to happen. Well, <laughs> I ha- anytime I talk about Porter I have to say that. Yeah. Um but so but that doesn't mean that he's not capable. Of getting 35 three straight games and changing sure. the the flipping the the tenor of this whole series, um, because we all know what Jokic can do when he's got a bombardier on his side, you know, and um, that would make it a whale of a series. I will tell you if 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 Denver finds some heroes like Monty Morris was found in the last game there. Um, and, and, and Austin Rivers, the game before that. Austin Rivers, I know. Hey, I mean, I know. There's a deal with the devil made somewhere there, man. I well,
2: mean. so that that's kind of, I mean, I think the obvious X Factor is Porter, but in watching Denver in these playoffs thus far, which <laughs> was often like a do the we, next morning afterwards because uh, it was happening at right. the same time as the Lakers, right? You know, to that whole your whole grizzled point with Phoenix and this like kind of synergy, like this Denver group is tight. Like those bench dudes know their role like Millsap, Jamichael Green, they're not bitching about playing seventeen minutes a game. They're like, When we're in, we're gonna do our thing, you know? Yeah. And and I thought that swung a couple of the the Portland games where, you know, where Portland starts Toiling around with their canter and mellow lineups and stuff like that. Right. And and if those guys aren't, you know, making shots, right, then then there's this opportunity of the other team. And and I don't I don't I I know at one point of that series when I looked it up, I don't know how it how it fared at the end. But their minutes with Jokic off the floor were not, at least to the eye test, were not all that bad. And no. if we go through all the other stars around you know, around the playoffs, I was just looking after that uh, Mavs game. It's like holy shit! Some of the numbers with uh, Luca off the floor right. for Dallas there. You know, I mean that's been a thing with Embiid forever in Philly. I just it's like credit to Mike Malone, credit to the the bench dudes or the role players, whatever you want to call them on Denver, for being like pros and and not like they don't have this like anxious energy of we're just trying to survive this right. four minutes. They are. You're right. They're they're
1: absolutely a tough team. Um, I think when it comes to team synergy, they still take a backseat to the Suns. I just think the Phoenix Suns.
2: Well, they just are, might be number one on, in the power rankings of that.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I would say. I would say that if you look at the Suns roster on paper and then you watch them on the court, you suddenly
2: have a different idea of what they are on paper. You go, whoa. Which is probably what a lot of people are like seeing now, right? right like. Right. But, but I mean, really I love the Suns the during
1: the regular season. I did. I love them. And I even tweeted out a couple of times. Don't sleep on the Suns, you know, ta da ta da ta. I did not expect them to beat the Lakers. And I don't care if A D was hurt or not. They played out of their ass in that series. They were mm-hmm. great. They were better than I had any reasonable expectation of them being able to be. Um well, it's like Chris Paul was
2: hurt. I know, that's what I was gonna say. It's like I I, I could have I could have seen a world where the Suns won that series, you know, going in, but that world would have totally included. Playing, like, incredible. Yeah. Shooting like 66% from mid range and getting about 22 assists. and 12. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, and, and that wasn't, you know, that wasn't it. And and that, you know, again, that's credit to Monte uh, Williams. That's Monte that, Williams credit. just coached really.
1: I mean, that offensive set that they ran when they didn't have Paul those mm-hmm. uh, dribble handoffs with Booker got to be the point guard as he curled around the screen mm-hmm. and then he had Cam
2: uh whatever I was, it was saying, it yeah cam Payton comes in and starts through that. and then <laughs> yeah. he
1: bombed from the corner and then uh bridges would come over and occupy like the little floater mid-range um booker had a choice of hitting him hitting him or going up as for himself the lakers the great laker defense couldn't figure that out mm-hmm. i mean it was
2: it was fun they they're a they're a hell of a team. I just like, I, I started this off <laughs> by being like, I have no idea how the Nuggets are gonna win. I just like, I gotta, I gotta like give. Obviously, you know, the Jokic respect comes goes without saying. I you know, I think he's the is the MVP, right? Like, I, well, you're gonna get that. The thing is, is if somehow Denver goes on like a magical run, and I hear people, you know, saying like pointing to. You know the twenty eleven Mavs or whatever, like this right, is, is right. Jokic Dirk there. Well, then <laughs> you got to find you got to find your Jason Terry's, you got your Tyson Chandler's. You know that team was perfect. What better Dirk, team then. fits that
1: description? Phoenix or Denver?
2: It's you well, know I, Jokic hits You'll the Dirk yeah, I mean, a little bit better yeah, i yeah, hear yeah, what you're saying it, though the other it's about talking about almost.
1: like a team that uh
2: was good
1: everybody knew they were good like dallas dallas wasn't chopped liver that year yeah and dallas didn't lose people you know mm-hmm. um i i just think that um again i'll go back to the idea you get aiden in foul trouble or you have those supporting jump shooters play out of their minds, like. Michael Porter Jr. If Michael Porter Jr. averages more than 25 a game in the series, then I think it might be a long series. Um, Or if Monty Morris averages like 20 and eight, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if their backcourt and their wing guys can relieve some of the pressure on Jokic and Jokic can put some of the pressure on Aiden, those two dynamics could be how Denver Springs, what I would regard as an upset. Um,
2: so I'm looking at the odds right now, and they don't they don't have Jazz uh, Clippers posted yet, but I'm assuming that's going to be pretty even odds, wouldn't you assume? I, I, would, guess what, I would actually, I'll series. be honest
1: with you, I, I would think the Clippers will be slight favorites.
2: Yeah, may, whatever, close, close, one way or right. the other. I'm looking at this now, and... And the Suns are more favored to win their series right now at minus 221 than the Bucks are currently at minus 209, and the, or than the, the Nets are. And the Nets already got a game. Yeah, that makes sense to me, though.
3: How I'm just I,
2: saying, that's they're, they're the most favored team this round Do you, reme- round do you remember um, how much
1: they disrespected Denver in the Portland series? Everybody yeah. thought Portland was going to win that game. You and I were about the only people who thought Denver was going to beat Portland. I mean, that's well, the way it seemed, anyway.
2: I just think that's people pointing to like, oh well, they don't know Jamal Murray. <laughs> you know, and, and, Dave and again, is great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and that's what I go back to with this Denver team is it's like there's no shade do to Jamal have something. Murray. They they do have something. There's no doubt about it. i and, and I
1: love they, Mike Malone. You know, they, I just will always, always be grateful to Sacramento for making sure that the <laughs> Wol- Wolves have competition as like the stupidest franchise in NBA history. I mean, getting rid of Mike Malone. Oh my God, the one guy who got through to Demarcus Cousins, the one guy.
2: <laughs> it's oh my God, the Kings man. Yeah, would yeah. you would you take Denver um, if they're playing the Clippers or the Jazz? Would you pick no. them in the series? No, so they're the clear like fourth best team in the West right now. Yes, I think that's true. Um, we're going. You know what? You Going Phoenix one. Yes. Phoenix is your favorite out of the West right now.
1: Well, I mean, I want to see if the Clippers wipe Utah. If the Clippers suddenly decide, "Hey, we found what we need," mm-hmm. um, the Clippers have the highest ceiling of any any team left in the West, I think. Um, but if you're asking me who feels like magic right now, I think Phoenix. Phoenix. Phoenix feels like magic, you know, and I think that magic is what's going to happen. This is already I mean with the Lakers out it's a whole new game. Well you know? right
2: when the when the field when the field is even magic you know is going to play from a talent standpoint Right. when those four teams are all comparable right you know it is you're right it is going to be and that that goes back to the Dirk thing. Right, right. that's what right. Dallas was they had right. the magic. Then. Right. Well let's uh let's flip over to that uh that clips jazz series but t- let's take another quick break. All right. with tools like Indeed Instant Match giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately and Indeed skills tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 136 skills tests, then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for the applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free sponsored job credit. To upgrade your job, post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions. apply. So, Brett, we're recording this uh, right after the Los Angeles Clippers eliminated the Luka Doncic's in uh, in the first round. I I was probably... I the most fun series was that the most fun series of the first round. I, I really love, I like Phoenix and Phoenix, the Lakers course, myself for, I mean, for, for personal reasons. You, you probably like Memphis too. Oh, I did. Desmond Bay. I mean, but you know, Memphis got got less fun games four and five. That is true. That's true. Right. Um. So yeah, the the, the Clippers. I mean, the, the Clippers took care of business. Kawhi reminded us that he is. He's still a, a superhero on the level of on the level of KD, you know, and and probably. Oh yeah, I think he's definitely. I would say he's better than KD. Whew. Um, yeah, but. I don't know about that, but.
1: No, um, I I think same that, tier, same tier. Uh, if KD played pretty good defense today, uh, let's see that happen more and more and more. Put it
2: this way. If the Nets, oh, man, you're w- just you're just really staying and see it to believe it. If Look the like. if the
1: Nets were playing the Mavs, and you said, "Okay, KD, you go play Luca and lock him up," then I you might have a conversation. But Kawhi is getting his casual thirty-five the way KD gets his casual thirty-five, and Kawhi's blocking up their best player on the other end. I think that's better. KD doesn't have. Um, KD is not any more of an automatic bucket from mid-range as Kawhi is. S- slightly better from three-point range. Not better at the rim. Um, you know, so I think it's all, you know, I think KD is more electric. But Kawhi, I would still rather have Kawhi on my team than KD.
2: Interesting.
1: I think he's a better defender. I mean, I don't think that's even close.
2: I don't think that's what this Jazz Clippers series is going to come down to, though, is how good Kawhi is. Like, Kawhi's going to be up there. Kawhi's going to do his thing. And I think – let me
1: jump in here just to say I have no idea what Utah will play like. Do you? I mean, do you have any idea, like, if Utah will be great, terrible, in between? There's so many variables with that team. Is Mike Conley going to be healthy enough to really give him a boost? Or is he just going to be crushed by the physicality of that Clipper team? Is Gobert going to be able to be uh, hidden on a non-shooter? And if so, is that who's that man who who,
2: who shot lights? Well, out I think tonight? Zubats will play again.
1: Well, I don't know. If I'm the Clippers, I'm not sure I want that. Yeah. I mean, why not? Uh,
2: just stretch him out again. Yeah.
1: Stretch him out, and uh, but then again would Rudy Gobert just totally make them pay for that? It's possible.
2: Right. Um, I
1: don't know. Man, what I've gone back thought. and
2: forth on that team. I've gone back. Exactly. Like- exactly. And it's
1: because, I mean, Joe Ingles, I've never seen a guy who looks like a public accountant, look like a superstar one game and a public account the next game. I mean, yeah. it's just, uh, they, they have so many guys like that. You know, if, if, Two guys don't play really well, then Royce O'Neill is not worth nearly as much. But if they do, then Royce O'Neill's a cool little piece. Um, I I don't know this Utah team. I've seen them a fair bit. I've seen them probably fifteen times, like end to end in games this year. Um, and I've seen you know uh, they've been on a league pass surf night many times, um, and I love their offense. Is a is a juggernaut now, but I don't know in the playoffs if it necessarily will be. But uh, I don't know
2: if the Clippers will be either. I don't it's know. The same man. Th- I mean, it, it comes down to it comes down to both of them shot making. Like, are you going to hit? Are you going to hit your threes? A lot of their offense is going to come down. I trust
1: in the Clippers more than I trust in the Jazz. I will not be surprised if if the Jazz win in in six games. I'll be surprised if the Jazz win in four or five. If the Jazz win in six or seven. I won't be shocked because I don't know. I don't know them, um, and what's crazy about that is they've gone on runs where they were they've probably played better than any NBA team in ten to twelve game stretches oh, of any any team this like year, multiple times. Yeah, at the same time, um, you know what you were saying about Donovan Mitchell is right. What if Donovan Mitchell is missing his shots? Who's going to? Who's going to we'll tell him? Don't shoot anymore. Or or No, he
2: he's on one. He's on he's on his like I gotta go get my same like be my bubble self. Right? Right. That when I watch him in that Memphis series, I'm just like, yeah, like he could I mean he's a shot maker. He he he's is special in isolation. He can he can get I mean he can attack all three levels of the floor. Like he's a great offensive. But the clips player. have a
1: couple of guys who like that kind of player.
2: I know I, <laughs> and, and I just think how you beat the clips. If your Utah is with diligence of like you have the best pick and roll game in the league, you just do because you've got you got Rudy who's as good as it gets as a screener there, right? And right. you got and you got the shooter who's great on the roll, right? It, yeah, you know, and and it's I just I just think the way Utah wins the series is pounding the like pounding the rock as in like do the same thing over hammer the rock until it cracks. And, and if and that I, I,
1: happens.
2: I will tell you that the Clippers have
1: guys with an edge who play for them. I mean, Morris, if, if, if they are pounding inside, Rudy Gobert will be laid out more than (laughs) once. He will be laid out and, and Morris may wind up sitting a game or so. Um, Beverly, (laughs) Beverly. Yeah. Beverly is, is not playing anymore. Um, but, again, I mean, and I kind of disagree with the decision. We went out for lunch the other day, and we were laughing about Reggie Jackson on the way out. Um, <laughs> Reggie Jackson, I mean, Ty Lu knew what he was doing. Um, if Reggie Jackson is hot, uh, Utah's in trouble because Utah's got to contend with those two wing guys, and those two wing guys just love to, uh, you know, Drive and penetrate and then flare to the corners. And so their teams have to be really corner conscious, you know, for Morris's threes, or you know, they got like four guys who can go to the corner and bury that corner three. But mm-hmm. Reggie Jackson likes to just come down if nobody's on him. He likes that straight above the break three. If Who's they Who's the hit third that- best
2: player? Who's the third best player on the Clippers? It really does depend, doesn't it? That's um, that that that's this big of a question mark because it is in my head too. But you know what? That's concerning. And Except, it's not because there's like an abundance of them,
1: but it's not a good gu- one. I, I guarantee you they have the best eighth man on the on on any of the teams that are left, though. See, that's the thing. I, I mean, don't know about that. i will take... give you a perfect example. Yeah. Nicholas Batum. Been awesome. I mean, the He's dude awesome. is 6'9 or 6'10, 240 pounds. I mean, it's kind of sneaky. He plays a sneaky small ball five out there mm-hmm. and is his decision making, he's such a smart guy. His court IQ is off the charts. He's always doing something smart out there.
2: Um not not to draw everything back to the Wolves, the team we cover, but he's the Rubio, right? He's the little guy, he's the little yeah. guy in everyone's ears over there, like, hey, we're doing this. We're doing that. Right. You saw him You saw him today. Like Terrence Mann played really well, but kind of like, hey, you know, he lost a
1: little bit, right?
2: Which you know, he's prone yeah.
1: to do, right? I mean, between Morris and Mann, they do have a couple of hotheads. I just, I think Marcus
2: Morris is their third best player. And I agree. I agree. That would be fine for talking about title contention, if you had two Kawhis. They don't have two Kawhis. They got Kawhi. In one tier, and Paul George, a big old step down. Like, I. All right. Paul but here's, George, a,
1: here's an interesting question for you then. Okay. Who was the second best player in this series? Paul George. Okay, then. Yeah. No, the Clippers but, and, have and, the two best players in the series. <laughs> so they I don't, don't necessarily really need a great that. third guy. If they have two guys, well, I mean, it's
2: about it, – it's kind of like the Brooke Lopez thing, though, with Rudy. Like, can Quinn find a way c- – because Rudy's the same thing, right? He is the identity I totally of the agree. team in, in a weird way that – like, Brooke is that in Milwaukee because it, he defines the And, and Gobert
1: defense. is a much better Brooke because his rim running is mm-hmm. – I mean,
2: Brooke doesn't rim run like that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, Rudy's a two-way player. Like, Rudy is, a, is an exactly. offensive weapon exactly. for them exactly. in a couple different ways. I don't know –
3: I'm just and so a
2: Paul George. Protector. I might say, I might just to to make. I, I might just say, Rudy Gobert is the second best player.
1: I, all right, all right. And I wouldn't necessarily argue with you, but it's a toss-up. It's a coin flip between Utah's, I, I best, Paul Utah's George was, best, player, and the Clippers' yeah. second best player. It's a toss-up.
2: Yeah, but if we're going if we're going down the line, though, even if even if we say, all right, it's it's Kawhi and PG are one and two in the series. The Jazz might have the next six. No,
1: five. I don't know. You you got to give me five before I get to Marcus Morris or Batum or yeah um, or
2: Batum. You know. I could give you five jazz players who are better than Batum. I'm not their sure. Their starting lineup. I'm yeah, not sure. I'm not sure. Because even Royce O'Neal's their worst player, in the, and Jordan Clarkson. Like I know you hate Jordan Clarkson, but I don't. I mean that that's kind of what the series comes down to, right? Is it's this whole idea of okay, you got the top heavy team versus the team team, and and the Jazz have been as good, in the regular season at least, they have been as good of a team team as I've seen in years. And that's why I was talking about at the end of the year, like, they might be my pick out of the West. Uh-huh. And, and, and I was feeling really good about the Jazz at the end of the season. Then I realized I was feeling really good about the Jazz at the end of the season because I love the way they play without Mitchell. <laughs> that's well, why I was Mitchell also, wasn't playing.
1: Let me remind you that even more than the Bucks now, because at least the Bucks, you know, drew seven swords through the heart of the heat in the last series. <laughs> the Jazz are under the gun as playoff failures. Well, so are the Clippers.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's a...
1: Yeah, I... I they I, both got a lot on the line. I actually think, though, that the Jazz, as the number one seed, you know... um They did have the the best record in the NBA, right? They were better than the Sixers. so. um, I think so. So I think that I am going to say the Clippers will win this in seven. I don't think – I think it will be a fun series. um, But I will tell you, I myself am not enamored so much – I like good ball movement. Utah at its best has good ball movement, but not as good as Phoenix and not as good as some don't other know, teams. Man. I think I think they do. Yeah, I know it's Quinn's game and I know they do the, you know, the whip it around the horn weave, and I know that both
2: Ingles and Conley are really good at it. And Gobert and, is and Mitchell when he's disciplined. Uh, Mitchell. The one who's not is Clarkson, and he's that—that's that, yeah, his rule. Yeah, well, like, that's what. Yeah, he, he, he's Lou he
1: Williams' prototype, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Who, do Do you think that the Jazz will beat the Clippers?
2: I think so. Okay. In seven or less. I mean seven. It, where I'll go, like fifty-one percent. You know, uh-huh. classic cop-out answer, but no, that's all right. I just
1: and and you kind of like, right. one like of those, I said I don't yeah. know I don't know the jazz I just talked myself into
2: I'm concerned about Mitchell man that's I, so I keep I mean let's it's see, com-
1: I I I actually think that um, when you stare into the abyss after you've choked they were down three two. the Mavs and had to go into Dallas and win and then win the first time any home team had won and for all you talk about it being a two-man team which I'm not totally disagreeing with they wore down the Mavs with numbers
2: I mean they just wore them down but Dallas is the same I mean Dallas doesn't have two guys either they're they're kind of the the same I mean Carlisle
1: Played poor Zingus and Boban. I mean, poor Boban. Boban is, is an inch away from death right now. He's lying on a bed getting intravenous fluids. That dude is never. I loved it.
2: I absolutely loved it. Matt, like, did, you, did
1: he ever leave the ground for a rebound or a block?
2: I never no. saw it. I never well, saw it. It, it. It's funny because when Boban normally plays, which right. is like 13 minutes in a game, if right. he does get in, he actually runs the floor pretty well.
1: And he ran the floor pretty well. For but a... he got
2: tired. Because it Higher was 30 doesn't minutes. Begin
1: to say <laughs> I mean, what Boban began to do was if he wasn't on the side where the rebound was going, he got a head start. I mean, you know, he yeah. knew he had to get back on defense. I mean, the poor dude, That I will tell you, having said all that, I know we're supposed to be talking about forward-looking previews, but wasn't that first quarter with Boban and Porzingis and a red-hot Luca? wasn't that fun? So I mean, fun. Now, <laughs> the feed from like Boban to a baseline charging Porzingis for a slam. I mean, what I, is this? What kind of league is this? <laughs> I love
2: it, man. I I love. It's like so. I mean, of course, Carlisle's the one, but so few teams ever <laughs> counter small ball with big ball. Big ball, right? Seven four
1: and seven three. It is. I don't it, think there's ever been a front court a 4-5 combination that was over 14 and a half feet tall. <laughs>
2: oh my god. I when I saw that was the starting lineup of whatever, they did it was just a little that. bit in game 6 too. No, they I think they started started starting Boban in game 4.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, but it was posing us on the floor all the time? I don't remember where, Yeah, they, okay. they started right, and right.
2: then and then it was like I thought that was just, again, super brilliant by Carlisle. Right. They would go in these shifts where Chris Stapps and Boban would always play together. Right. And then they would both come out, and it would be Powell and Kleba right. would come in. And that was – now they have the small – Like the you know, Bobsy
1: twins compared to the other two, right?
2: <laughs> exactly. It was, It was. And was. And then Willie Colley-Stein made an appearance. Yeah, you know, not was, for very long, thank God. No, no, no. Um, but
1: – Yeah, they yeah, have that, to,
2: they have to trim some bigs. From their roster next year. It's, them and the like the Lakers and the Mavs is like, all right, why do you guys both have five centers here? I like uh what when, when the Lakers were looking good at A D was actually playing five, they scan over to the Lakers bench and they do the little panoramic <laughs> and it's like Gasol, and there are three more. Drummond, right, Marcus right. Morris, Harold it's like how centers galore. Um right, right. oh man, it is it was fun. Okay, what, what so the the yeah. lake go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you, go ahead. No, I, so I'm just, let's just pin this, let's pin this one down. We're, we're both the closest series. We disagree. We disagree. In our but ultimate, our marginally. ultimate
1: pick. That's, I disagree because I, think- I have no idea who's going to win. I'm picking the Clippers because of their, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm picking the Clippers because they've got uh, a couple of guys who mm-hmm. um, have been through for better and for worse playoffs, you know, you know, they've been heroes People forget how much how fetid Paul George was when Miami was everything and, and Indiana gave him all they wanted. That's fair. Uh, and so they both know what it's like to rise up in the playoffs. Um and I think that playoff experience will come in handy. I think that they're gonna be very relieved not to have to deal with Luca, um and to play
2: typical basketball. Um it was not a typical series, that's for sure. Two three oh. zone 14 yeah. and a half feet. It was, exactly. It was, it, it was bizarre. I, I don't know, man, it, it, it's going to be, it's going to be in, in, I wish, I wish we were doing this. We've kind of done on the, the past. We've seen talk. one game or two. We've seen one game. Like I, if we would have talked yesterday or we did when we were at lunch, we were talking, right. I was like Milwaukee, Brooklyn. I'm like, eh. I, I'm picking Brooklyn, but I don't feel right. that good about it now. One game into it I feel very confident in Brooklyn and See, I think and that's odd to me
1: I, I I will I will say you're right if it goes 2-0 or 3 not I'm very
2: confident I'm not saying it's like I'm not I think it's Milwaukee's like done.
1: gonna I think Milwaukee um Milwaukee will win one of the next two games guaranteed
2: they Vegas has it minus 200 I think two to one you know two to one odds that Brooklyn wins is I'd take that wins what Wins the whole series. Oh, wins the series. Yeah, I think and, that's so. So there's there's a path. I I agree. There's a path from Milwaukee, um, but I don't know. For for me, that that's a big part of. For, I, I really once I feel like I can see a game, I, I feel a lot more confident in. I mean, maybe a rational. Okay, well, self. so this is a perfect segue.
1: The Hawks <laughs> and the Sixers,
2: man. <laughs> I it was it was like they they're down like. 16 early and i didn't feel like philly was having that much trouble on offense like they were getting bead was going a little bit simmons was attacking the rim i thought and, the, that that team was not ready to play i thought it was that okay is it because Rivers, they played they played uh the is it because they played the wizards in the first round and didn't really compete i, I think, think well also everybody's
1: talking about the bucks and the sixers I mean, I'm, 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 the Bucks and the Nets. Everybody's going, oh, the Bucks and the Nets, Bucks and the Nets. Nobody's saying, oh, the Hawks and the, you know, Sixers. And either that happened. I, the, the here are my two theories because it's very obvious that they blew it from the middle of the first quarter until like three minutes or four minutes into the second quarter. That's yeah. where the game was decided. Um, and the Sixers played like horseshit. They played either overconfidently, or they played like they weren't expecting Embiid to be part of the game. Their game plan. Those are the only two things I can think of. Because- can I add a
2: third? Yeah, Trey. No, I don't think I disagree. I don't think Trey had that great a game. I not I thought it was. I thought it was kind of the same thing as like Luca in the other oh, series where I they totally didn't really. Whoa, 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 whoa! Where they didn't. They didn't have like an answer exactly for how to how to slow him i mean atlanta was running that double drag sort of thing and so old ass danny green has to come over one screen two screens to chase trey down there and i'm a, what will that first series go six games five games whatever it went and now this trey trey has gotten wherever he wants to they in they made middle of the their land.
1: run their big run when trey went to the bench
2: yeah, but then also Trey came in and he was getting in there and distributing, and that's when they started hitting all the threes. And and what happened when they decided
1: at the beginning of the second half? All right, we're taking Trey out.
2: He's not Luca. You're right. I, but and not only that, but I mean, you got to give Trey some credit for it. what he's been. I yes, I, I I will give
1: Trey a lot of credit, and I'll give Nate McMillan a lot of credit because what I do see. I've my rap on. You've heard this a million times because I've bitched about Trey a million
2: times. Probably, yeah, I, I don't think either of us are big Trey guys. I think he's to... a ball
1: hog. But what I am seeing more and more under Nate McMillan, especially, and I do want to credit McMillan because I did mm. see the change in him happening. And I love Lloyd. You know, I think it Pierce right, Lloyd, Lloyd Pierce. Pierce. Yeah. I think not he, the drummer, but not Lloyd Price. He's a blues singer, <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> but, uh, R and B singer. Right. That's, I've called him Lloyd Price more than <laughs> once. So I've finally decided to call him by his real name. LP LP LP. There you go. Uh, yeah. Vinyl for sure. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, I really like him as a coach and Roko just swore by him as a guy who made him into the great yeah. defender he is. So I always had a soft spot for him. And so I, and, and Nate McMillan is a hard ass. I mean, uh, um, the, uh, great uh, interview. Yeah. Yeah, he is. But also, um, the, the guy who, um, this is a problem of being old, uh, the point guard for Portland for a long time who played for the Wolves for a while was a great post up point guard, Andre uh, Miller, Andre Miller. Thank you. Andre Miller, um, and Nate McMillan just butted heads all the time because Nate McMillan wanted to call everything every play hmm. from the sideline. And so, uh, you know, and this is obviously quite some time ago, but then, you know, after a while he wore out his welcome in Indiana, I thought he did a great job, but he's kind of like what Doug Collins used to be a guy who you really have to expect respect because he really knows the game and he knows the fundamentals, but he grates on people after a while. And he's still in his honeymoon period right now with the Hawks and Or maybe he's just found a team that welcomes his tough love. I don't know, but that gets back to what he has done for Trey young and what Trey young has done for him. I think that is a a great synergy. Something has happened there and Trey young is really playing well, but I will tell you that I think, um, Collins played out of his mind. Um, I think that Bogdanovich played out of his mind. Um, I think they defended I don't really I think well. Trey,
2: Trey stirs that drink, man.
1: Yes, he does. Um, but then, do you blame them when
2: they just about crushed him to death on pressure? You know. Um, that was that was interesting. That's where that's where it all. It's like, I mean, was the fourth quarter they started? And what I pressing. would
1: say is, duh. I mean. <laughs> I, I I'm a Doc rivers guy. First of all, I don't think they were ready to play today. I think that the problem with Embiid is that he loves to fall in love with uh, shots where he doesn't have to pound anybody or get inside. I think that happened way too frequently in the first half. Hmm.
2: Um, I Man, think you're, you're, you're harder on him than, than I expected.
1: Oh, I, I think that, well, first of all, if, I still am of the belief, I walked into the playoffs this way, if it wasn't going to be the Lakers, I said, if everybody is healthy and on their game, the Sixers are the team that should win. Mm -hmm. And I still think that, I don't know about Embiid's health and I don't know about his discipline. What you feel about Donovan Mitchell, I feel about Embiid in terms of, he just falls in love with, uh, you know, hitting threes, those above the break threes or those, Crab dribble, turnaround, fifteen footers. Um, does he? Yeah, he does. Watch him. Or right, well, go I mean, look at go look at his shot chart. He does almost never. If you're talking about the restricted area, the percentage. He's
2: fouled down there all the time. Exactly. So it doesn't
1: show up on the thing. Well, no, the on the shot chart. All right. Well, he didn't get to the line all that much today.
2: Well, he did all season though. I got no exactly no about Impede. Exactly. Okay. When okay. he is
1: disciplined and not all right kicking around from the three-point line or 16 feet, that wasn't happening.
2: Um, and then- I think they got nothing for him, man. I think they got nothing for Impede in this series. I think Capella can't guard him, and I think Okungwu, that's a wrap. Like, uh, don't totally agree.
1: Him. Totally agree on both. So why wasn't he setting up right no- there? From the probably
2: jump. probably to your first point, which is they just they didn't know if they were going to have them. They weren't they weren't prepared. They weren't ready for whatever reason. I think like if if they're good coaches there, you know they got Cassell, they got Jaeger, they got Doc there. I think there's pretty easy buttons to push that adjust things you know back to normal. One it game. has to happen then because. Atlanta is feeling really good about itself. Well, and then, can we, they, we just put Ben to... Simmons on Trey Young? Can we just do that? That was going to be my next point. I mean, why what are couldn't we doing? you do
1: that from exactly?
2: Like, so why was the pecking order of decision
1: Trey number Garner. two? Yeah. Decision number two, dumb play. And also, <laughs> is there any roster in the NBA? And the answer is no. Is there any <laughs> roster in the NBA better equipped to run traps? Either 94 feet or half court traps. I mean, you've got like six guys who who live to trap the ball. Yeah. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, you threw them on there. Poor Kevin Herter. You know, I mean, that he had dude. Nice pass
2: at the end. Whew, but...
1: That, I'll tell you, Atlanta people, diehard Atlanta Haw- Hawks fans will be talking about that pass for a long time. <laughs> it was a beautiful pass. And Bogdanovich, man, I love that dude now. Yeah, he's got he had stones. some attitude. He had some attitude, yeah. you know. They won that game. You uh, know?
2: I'll all credit to him. I'm just saying, it's like I don't think anybody would disagree with it. It's all rectifiable for you know for for the Sixers here. And and I think what we learned is, or what I learned is, is that Atlanta's like in this. Like this isn't right. this isn't going to be like Philly in five, which I probably. You know, it, it still could be. I think. I think it, this it, it is. I think could.
1: this could be very analogous to Memphis, Utah, the last series. Mm, sure. You know, where Memphis came in and they were they were feeling it. They just gotten through. You know, winning the play in.
2: And yeah, and, actually, that kind of lines up, right? Yeah. They got the momentum of the yeah. round round before. And then Utah uh,
1: said, "Oh, okay."
2: They, I just they, go. They're,
1: they're a pretty good team.
2: I I think what I'm concerned about if I'm a Hawks fan is. Capella didn't have anything for Embiid. And never will. And but, never will. But. If, if Embiid's straight, like, you can,
1: You can, I think Embiid is too intelligent for his own good in terms of, I think he can get in his head. I think that if uh, the Hawks begin to do a lot of back doors, a lot of alley-oops with either Collins or Capella, which mm. obviously they're really good at. Um, he did, and
2: B did a bad job at that today. Reading and, the and, and drop Will, versus the and Will, it's not his forte. You know? uh, I think it's, it's kind of his forte. I think good and beat that's good and beat. It's the same thing as Gobert. You know, that's. I
1: think that his forte is strong side more than weak side blocks. Okay. Yeah. And so I think that if you go weak side baseline, um, you know, again, if you've got him engaged with somebody else on the strong side. I don't think he reacts to weak side as well. Part of it is his size. I mean, you know, the difference between him and Gobert is like forty pounds. You know, right? Gobert, and and you got to move that forty pounds. You know, Mm -hmm. and that's the other thing about this series that I think is problematical is, can he remain healthy? I mean, when when does he break down?
2: Um, Does he break down? Not when. Oh no, I think when he's he's not one hundred percent right now. And looked. Still was pretty productive. And got like
1: 30 and 12 or whatever. Right. Yeah. No,
2: I get it. But uh,
1: I don't know. I mean, it's a, uh, it, I put it this way. That, that, that was a great game today. Uh, mm. And this is going to be a fun series forever long. at last. I enjoyed the first three games of Memphis, Utah, because, you know, Memphis yeah. was frisky. Atlanta's frisky, you know, and. Um,
2: and is Hunter coming back? I hope so, because he was missed. It was just knee soreness. I, I no, had missed. They
1: said knee pain. That's
2: yeah, that... pain. <laughs> I well, I I don't know. I hadn't I got whatever. That was the early he, game today. He and... is really good. I mean but he I is actually like out. Solomon Hill too. Solomon Hill's a ah, solid little vet. He's a ah, solid vet. He is solid, man.
1: I haven't Talk about a polarizing player. Solomon Hill, more people I respect like Solomon Hill than I ever care to want. Uh what? I don't understand why people like him. He's always bitching about obvious fouls he's just but committed. he's doing and the then smart sa- stuff. Exactly. And then I'm saying, look, why are you complaining? You're on the court because you know when to <laughs> foul people, you dummy. Yeah. <laughs> I And he's got to hit his threes, which he did in the first half and didn't in the second half. And mm-hmm. they have better options. Now, I'll tell you who. Well, they lost, went with Herter over him to close. As they should, man. Herter's right. playing great. And Herter was the starter until Bogdanovich came back. Yep. He started. Um, They've had a weird Solomon trip. Hill because of Hunter, and mm. the upgrade from Hill to Hunter is significant. I think Hunter, t- yeah, Hunter well, from from a, Solomon Hill going back to the bench. And putting yeah. in herder, I H- mean putting in. Hunter. I don't mean her. I mean uh,
2: yeah, hunter, hunter, hunter
1: herder.
2: <laughs> Hill. Yeah, here we go. Right, right. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. There. That, that is a. I mean, it's kind of a analogous to the whole like the Bucks not having Divincenzo or the Nets not having Green, Jeff Green, but maybe even more so because I agree. A real, I agree. And also that same sort of role player guy who can be impactful.
1: The best kind of guys to have. Are the guys you disregard even your own teammates disregard you and then you do things
2: right.
1: that are like luke Kennard today you know uh there are guys like that The uh, clippers by the way have a few of them because everybody <laughs> is disregarded besides you know the top two besides the top two but i think the hawks have a couple like that too and that's cool and i think that's nate mcmillan some too i think he really he's he's put together a rotation Now, it's easy when Bogdanovich comes back and you compare the pick and roll of Trey and the bigs with Bogdanovich's shooting, everything falls into place. I get that.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And when Capella doesn't have to guard Joel Embiid, then you've got some really cool interior defense at the other end. Um, I think one of the keys to the series will be whether or not Embiid gets his hands dirty on a consistent basis. If he does, I don't see how they beat him. I don't see how you can beat the Sixers. And a, a healthy Embiid. Embiid remaining healthy and and getting dirty. And this could be similar to the thing you were talking about with LeBron last time we were on. When you're iffy, you don't necessarily want to muck it up. And, right. um, and maybe, you know, his legs are such
2: that he doesn't want to muck it up. Um, even just that can be just subconscious too yeah so but i think that's so what's your pick who you got
1: i have the sixers in six but it won't shock me if it's five
2: Mm. after bagging on them the whole time you did the reverse jinx
1: because they (laughs) i i love that team
2: when they're on their game and they weren't on their game at all they weren't ready to play today we're both, you and I are both really big Ben Simmons people. Yeah. And oh, yeah,
1: that's the, oh, yeah, the wild card. Forgot about that. If Ben Simmons continues to be able to be hacked throughout mm-hmm. crunch time, then it might get interesting. That, that, have, I've forgotten about that. Yeah. Well, maybe put me down for six. <laughs> <laughs> Man, ben Simmons may special. lose at least one game at the line.
2: When he's special, he's special, as he was in the third quarter today. Like, I, I he know
1: special everywhere but the line today. Practically,
2: it's. I, I've said this before, and I know it's not actually true because centers are the most important defense, most impactful defensive position in the league. So the best defender in the league is always a center. That's just the nature yeah. of the league. So this isn't true. But I think Ben Simmons is the best defender in the league. That isn't a center, you know. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. He's the only wing player in the league who is as impactful as those elite bears right player. And and I I should put Draymond in there too. Draymond was Draymond. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. This year. But he he whatever. So call him Draymond. Like he's he is uh he's, he's Draymond a in a lot player. of ways like offensively
1: challenged too in he, his he own is. way. Except if he goes downhill, man. I mean he did this during the regular right. season too, but I you know He's just too fast for people when, when, you know, when you're 6'10 and that fast.
2: And and can finish with both hands around the rim. Who is going to get in his way?
1: That's the thing.
2: That That's what I think is, if this does end up being five like that, it just ends up being a squishing. Right. Where, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're just Philly is like, we're bigger and we're more physical than you are.
1: Or, I mean, a squishing, or you might even say a suffocation, because sure. I think that's what they can do on defense. Uh, they can squish you on offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Embiid, I've seen more people get killed, quote unquote, following Embiid this year than just about <laughs> anybody. You know, I mean, you do not want to quote unquote foul Joe Embiid by getting your neck in the way of his shoulder. You know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I think I mean I, I'm encouraged by that game today, which makes me feel like all four of these series have the potential to be. It's really all fun. fun. All, it all could be fun, even if even if it's five
1: games. And put it this way, I would love it if I'm if I can be wrong about one thing. I would love to see a frisky seven-game Hawks Sixers series, not knowing who's going to win Game Seven. I would love it. It would pretty much guarantee that the Nets would go to the championship, but it would still be a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. I would say if there's one thing I could be wrong, I might, I might say the same thing, but the Bucs went in the same thing in seven right. on, on the other side of the bracket there.
1: The Bucks, mean, it, the yeah.
2: Bucks, you got to wait and see if
1: they can hit their threes. If they can hit their threes and they still lose, I'm on board
2: with you. There's never, there's never been a playoffs where I've been more like up in the air of what the, the pecking order of the best teams are in the league. I mean, I'm on Brooklyn, but of the 8 teams left it's well my team a- is gone i mean <laughs> I,
1: and i'm happy i mean i wanted yeah. phoenix to win that game that series probably right. more than any other outcome which is weird because i usually like to root on you know root for my own smartness you know and say <laughs> all right i told you they'd win but in this particular case i was really wanting uh phoenix to win yeah. so
2: well, Brett, um, let's uh, let's check back in next week. We'll do we'll do another one of these. I'm sure a lot of different things will have have materialized, and well, well last
1: the last time wasn't I just like pissing on the Clippers and stomping on Kawhi's leadership? I mean, we, we should bring <laughs> we should bring up a couple of things like that. You know, it's amazing what
2: will happen ten days you know down the line. No, yeah, prisoner of the moment, but hopefully in right. But know, it's, it's always a, good yeah. to remember
1: how stupid you were. You know. <laughs>
2: exactly exactly well he's uh he's Britt robson you can follow him on twitter at Britt robson i'm dane at daymore nba um i'm gonna be uh back with will uh to berg later this week we're gonna do a leandro Balmoro uh film review of his of his euro league game so we'll kind of we're flipping back and forth here on the pod between nba playoff stuff with brit and then other guys coming on to do some wolf stuff too so uh thank you for sticking with the pod and brit and i will well we'll talk again soon and then we'll hopefully see some people at uh, at Forgotten Star on on June twenty second for the lottery. It's now. called Forgotten Star, huh? Forgotten Star. It's a cool place, man. It really it's is. It's a so great good, name. It is. It, it's like a. It's like an old steel mill or something. So oh, it's got wow. like these huge like. So
1: it's like a warehouse
2: vibe. Yeah, yeah, but like you know, like a brewery that's cleaned Can it up. Can you hear nice. each other talk? it's big it's uh-huh. a it's a it's a really big place i think it'll be tuesday night so we'll 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 make it work and you know 27 percent chance that it's a fun <laughs> night for wolves fans but uh we'll see we'll talk more about that as the as the time comes as we talk about it on every one of these pods so thanks again brit and uh i'll talk to you later until wednesday with will i'm dane